Bridge Church. Would you stand with us? We're going to worship the Lord with everything we have this morning.
so good to us. All we have to do is look at the Bible, look at the story of how he has proven himself to be so faithful over and over and over again. And I promise you this, he will show himself faithful in your life. As we were singing that song today, the the bridge, the words that stood out to me, I feel like somebody needs to be reminded of this because sometimes you go through some situations in life where you go, God, Do you see me? God, do you see the circumstance I'm walking through? I want to remind you of the words that says, I am blessed. I am called. I am healed. I am whole. I am saved in Jesus' name. Highly favored, anointed, filled with your power for the glory of Jesus name maybe today you just need to grab hold of those words and declare that God has chosen you amen can we just pray right now and thank the Lord for his goodness 
Lord, we love you and we thank you for your goodness. We thank you that you have chosen each and every single one of us. Thank you for showing yourself faithful over and over and over again. And God, if there's anyone today who just needs to be reminded, God, I pray that they would just cling to the words that you are good and you are faithful. And we love you so much today. And all of God's children said, amen. Hey, welcome to the bridge, everybody. Hey, thanks for joining us in person or if you're watching us online, thank you for spending your Sunday morning with us. We appreciate that so much. Hey, we just wanna, uh, before we dive into the word today, we've got a great message for you today. But before we do that, we wanna give you an opportunity just to turn around, smile at somebody, wave real big, show them those pretty white teeth and say, good morning. Welcome to church. We're so grateful to get to spend this day with you and your family, and we hope that you feel right at home and enjoy our time together. There's a place for everyone in this church family, and we want to let you know about all the things that are happening here in the church so that you can get involved. Here's what's coming up at the bridge. Level Up Kids Day Camp is just around the corner, and we're looking for volunteers to join the team. Visit our website to sign up, or stop by our Connection Center in the lobby before you leave today. Serving is fun and easy and extremely rewarding. Plus, we even have volunteer child care to help watch your infant or toddler, so you can know that your little one is well taken care of and close by while you serve. Together, let's make a powerful impact on future generations and an eternal difference in the life of a child by volunteering at this amazing summer program. It is going to be awesome. If you are new to the bridge and you want to get involved, we want to meet you and help you get plugged in. You are invited to join us at Connecting Point on Sunday, May 2nd during the 1130 service. Connecting Point is a gathering that we've created to communicate the heart, mission, and vision of the Bridge Church, but more importantly, tell you how you can get involved and make the Bridge your home church. If you'd like to join us, we just ask that you sign up by going to our website or the Bridge app. This will help us plan for you and your family. And if you have kids, Bridge Kids will be happening during that service to serve them. We look forward to meeting you and helping you get connected. We'll see you on Sunday, May 2nd at Connecting Point. A Bridge Youth is back in full effect. That's right, we got youth happening every Sunday and every Wednesday. Sundays we meet at 11 for hangs and 11.30 for service. Every Wednesday night, hangs start at 6 and service at 7. If you are 6th to 12th grade, we hope you'll be a part of it all. To stay updated on this and so much more, make sure to follow us on our Instagram, 
at BridgeYTH underscore, and we hope to see you there. Hey girls, we had an amazing time this past Friday at our Bridge Women Night. It was so great being able to gather together. And starting this week, our Bridge Women Connect groups are jumping into a brand new series called Something New. And we believe that God has something new that He wants to do in each of our lives. If you're not already part of a Bridge Women Connect group, now is a great time to join. We have groups that meet at all different days and times across the valley. You can find a listing of our groups on the church app as well as the website. So jump in. Let's go deeper with God and find that community that we were all created for. If you're new to the Bridge, we want to help you get plugged in and find your place in this family. Stop by the Info Center after this service and say hi to one of our team. They would love to meet you and answer any questions that you might have about the church. You can also stay up to date with everything that's coming up by downloading the Bridge app. Just text the keywords, the Bridge Church app, to 77977. And for more general info, check out our website, thebridgechurch.tv. Thanks again for being in church with us today. We love spending Sunday with you. Good morning, Bridge family. How you doing today? I was like, man, that's kind of cool in those blue lights. I like that. You look good this morning. Good to see you here today. We're so glad that you chose to spend your morning with us. Let me just echo what they said in church news. Thanks for being here today, especially if you're new. If this is your first time at the bridge, welcome. My name is Zach. I'm one of the pastors here. I have the privilege of getting to share with you in just a couple minutes. But let me just welcome you today and say thanks for being here. We would love to meet you. Hang out for a while after the service. Meet some of the people that call the bridge home. Stop by the info center. Say hi. We would love to meet you. Answer any questions that you might have. Listen, we're here to help, to do life with you, and to help you get connected here in church life. So take some time. Hang out. We're so glad that you're here. If you're a regular at the bridge, would you just join me this morning? Let's put our hands together and welcome all of our guests to church today. And if you're watching online as well, welcome. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. We're glad that you are here. I get to speak to you today, so would you join me in Proverbs chapter 3? Proverbs chapter 3. And I want to bring you a message today that's called Ways and Paths. Ways and Paths. And a lot of you are familiar with Proverbs 3, so I'm excited to get to unpack this a little bit because, you know, the Bible's so amazing. It's amazing how when you read through Scripture, how the Bible will kind of reveal itself in new ways. It will speak to you in new ways. And that shouldn't surprise us because Scripture is the Word of God. So when we tune into the Word of God, when we listen to the Word of God, when we read the Word of God, we're supposed to get God's perspective on life. Why? Because God sees things differently than we do. Anybody say amen to that today? God sees things differently than we do. His ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. God sees things differently. So when we tune into the word of God, we can see things from God's perspective. And I just want to say this here at the outset of the message because I really felt strong in my heart this morning to say this. You know, you might be new in your walk with God, new in your faith. Maybe you're a few, you know, legs down the journey, but you're kind of newer at this. Or maybe you've been walking with God for a long, long time. It is so easy for the Bible to become a book of head knowledge for us as Christians. But God wants scripture, his word, to be a lot more than just head information. He wants it to be heart transformation. So that means if we're getting into God's word, it should be more than just accumulated knowledge. It should be transformation in our hearts. So if we jump in, we can ask God, the Holy Spirit, to speak to us, to reveal his word, to give us perspective so that we see things more than just the word that's on the page. We hear the heart of God from scripture. And I want to read to you today from a passage of scripture that many of us know really, really well. But it's funny because I was reading through this passage probably two months ago, 
And I just felt like God started showing me a couple of things that I just never caught before. doesn't mean it's going to be new to you, but I'm really hoping that this will be, you know, transformation for us. It will encourage us in our walk with God. I know on Valentine's Day of this year, we did a panel. How many people were here on Valentine's Day this year? We did a panel with some of our pastors. And as we were all sitting up here on the platform, each couple that was represented, we each had a certain amount of questions that we were prepared to answer that day during our panel time. And I remember as my wife and I were kind of getting ready for that and we were preparing for the message that day, I was looking through the questions that we were answering and I just found that time and time and time again, I kept coming back to Proverbs chapter 3. And I went back and I read and I studied out some of the words that are in this passage of Scripture and I thought, wow, how is it that that passage that I know so well can be sitting there for so long, but you dig a little bit deeper and find something that you never saw before? Does that ever happen to anybody else when you're reading the Bible? So that's exactly what happened to me as I was reading through this. And I want to share some of this with you today because I've held on to this for the last couple months and I felt like today was the day to talk about this. So let's look at Proverbs 3 and let's start reading in verse number 1. It says, my son, now this, by the way, real quick, this is written by King Solomon. The Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 3 especially, written by King Solomon. My son, do not forget my law, but let your heart keep my commands. For length of days and long life and peace they will add to you. Now let's just stop right there real quick and ask the question. How many people would lift a hand and say, I want God to add days to my life? And if you didn't raise your hand, we'll pray for you at the end of service, all right? But the other side of that question is, how many people would like for God to add his supernatural peace to your life? I can't think of a time, a better time so far to this point in my life where we need peace more than we do right now. And it's available to us. It's available to us through God, the Holy Spirit. So let's read on. Verse 3. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. So in other words, if we will put on, if we will choose to walk in, in, excuse me, <coughs> if we will choose to walk in mercy and truth, we will find favor with God and with man. If we will make these things, things that are written on our heart, not just religion, not just legalism, but if we will have these things, mercy and truth, written on our hearts, and we will show that to others, we will bind it around our neck. It's always in front of us. We never let go of it. We can walk in high favor with God and with men. So this all sounds good to me. I'm in so far. Now, let's read verse uh, 5. This is the one we know so well. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, everybody say ways. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Everybody say paths. Now, Pastor Gary said something last week that was awesome because we touch on this occasionally here at the bridge. Anytime when you read through scripture and you see the word ways or way, it usually means road. And it's the word picture in the Hebrew here is the picture of a road. But as I was reading through this passage of scripture not too long ago, uh, specifically when we go back to that Valentine's Day message that we did or the panel that we did, you know, I find so often in church life that people are asking the question, what is the direction that God has for my life? What is the path? What is the road? What is the way that God has for my life? And sometimes we find that road and we get excited, but we often get discouraged as well. And I thought back to, you know, talking about relationships on Valentine's Day. How do we navigate the difficulties of life? How do we navigate relational difficulties? I remember thinking about single people even, you know, because sometimes, you know, you talk to somebody that's 25 and they're like, am I ever going to get married? And it's like, you're just 25. It's okay. You're going to get there. You're going to get there. You're going to get there. 
But it's different when you're talking to somebody that's 45 and they want to have a relationship. They want to meet a life partner. That's a different conversation. And when you tell somebody, well, just trust in the Lord, you know, hey, don't lean on your own understanding. He's going to get you there. Well, what does that mean? What does that look like? Because it's been a little while and I've been waiting for a while, God. How do we do that? How do we get there? And I read through this passage and I saw something really interesting in verse number 6 that stood out to me. And for some reason, I had just never caught it. It says in verse 6, in all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Now, if ways means road or means roads, then what does path mean? Because those two words would seem to be redundant. In all my ways and all my roads, acknowledge him, and he'll direct my roads. That seems like a strange sentence. Why would you say it that way? Why would you write it that way? And when you look back at the way that Solomon actually wrote this, he uses two different words. So the English translation doesn't help us very much here, but the idea in English that this is two different words gives us a bit of a hint that Solomon is saying two different things when he wrote this. When he says, in all of your ways, acknowledge him, the first word that's being used here is the word derek. Now, the picture, the word picture is a road, but it's an untrodden road. It's an uncharted road. And it's a different word here than path. Because this word uh, ways, excuse me, this word ways, derek, it's not talking about a specific road. It's talking about a general direction. But then when he gets to the end of this thought, he says he will direct your paths. It's a different word, and it's the word orak. And the word orak doesn't mean general direction. It means specific road. Everybody following me so far? Here's what I want to say to you today. All of us, when we accept Christ, Christ becomes our direction. He's our general direction. He's our true north. He's the direction that our life is pointing toward. But each and every one of us have a different life, a different calling, different skills, different gifts, different talents, different abilities that God has given us, and not all of us are going to walk the same path. So while we are all looking toward Christ, while we are focusing on him and leaning toward him, God might take each and every one of us down different paths to achieve the things that he's called each one of us to do. Does that make sense? So let me put it to you another way. Today, right now, at this very moment, we are at the Bridge Church. If you were to go on maps and drop a pen, we are here at the Bridge Church, 38801 Calistoga. But each and every one of us, while we might have the same derek, which is the general place, the general direction that we arrived at, that destination that we arrived at today, not all of us took the same orac to get here. Because I live in one place and you live in another. And you look around this room and there's a lot of different places that are represented. So we all took different paths to get to this one same place. So if I asked you, do you know where the Bridge Church is? Yeah, it's up there by, uh, or if you were to invite a friend to church, you would say, yeah, you should come to our church. And they say, okay, well, what church do you go to? And you would say, the Bridge. And then they would say, well, where's it at? And you would say, oh, you know, it's up there. It's kind of by, you know where, you know where the Vons is up there? And so you have this point of reference in your head of directionally it's over there. But in order to get there, I need to find the specific route that will get me to my destination. And God is calling all of us to face toward Christ, but the path that he will take us down might be a little bit different. And I like to say it this way. Jesus is the way, but we will all walk different paths. Does that make sense? Now, let me just clarify something just in case anybody's wondering. I'm not saying there are multiple ways to God. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, and nobody comes to the Father but through me. Jesus is the way. But you and I will walk different paths to achieve all of our kingdom purposes and kingdom callings throughout the course of our lives. 
Now, with that said, it's really easy when we start to discover the path and the direction that God is calling us, it's really easy for us to get discouraged or distracted and get off course. Because one of the things that I've discovered is that sometimes in life you run into problems on the path. You run into problems on the path. When I discover my path, I might say, God, this is where you're calling me to go. But then sometimes the devil, sometimes myself, sometimes things that are happening in the world, they come and they bring obstacles, they bring challenges, temptation, discouragement that wants to get me off course. And I want to just take a moment and identify a few of the problems in the process or a few of the problems on the path, okay? First one is simply this. I think sometimes when we find the path that God is calling each and every one of us individually to, we can get impatient. I love to say this, and if you've heard me preach a few times, you've heard me say it before. All of us love the idea of patience as long as it doesn't take too long to get it. Right? I mean, seriously, if patience is one of the fruits of the Spirit, how do you think God is going to develop that in you? He's going to probably allow you to walk down some path that, path that takes a little bit longer than what you want it to take. That's just the way life works. And if the path that we have chosen, the path that we feel God has for us, isn't happening as quickly as we want it to, we become discouraged and we say, God, are you sure this is the right path? I'm not really sure this is the path that you have for me because it's taken a whole lot longer than I wanted it to take. And we get discouraged. And sometimes we can jump off course and we can lose our destination, we can lose the coordinates because we've gotten off path. Or what about this? God, this is not the path that I would have chosen. This isn't the path that I would have chosen to get me to the destination you're calling me to. Here's the funny thing. Now, for those of you who are newer to the bridge, Pastor Gary is my dad, okay? And as fathers and sons do, we have little things that, you know, we like to kind of poke each other at. And so when we're riding in a car together, it's easy for each one of us to second-guess the other if the other person is driving, like, why are we going this way? This is the faster way. Are you kidding me? No, it's not. Like, Dad and I do this when we're in the car together. And I remember not long ago, actually, this has happened a couple of times. We'll be in the car, and we're going to a place that we're not familiar with. And so what I do, if I need directions to get to that destination, and this will be an interesting gauge right here. I like to use Waze. Anybody else use Waze? I like to use Waze. It's up-to-the-minute traffic updates. You have real-time users using it, you know, like actually telling you what's going on. I like to use Waze. So we're going somewhere, and I open up Waze, and Dad says, what, how long does it say it's going to take? And I say Waze, and he's like, oh, you don't want to use that. I'm like, why not? He's like, well, I used it this one time. Totally took me to the wrong place. I was like, well, what do you want to use? He's like, Google Maps. I'm like, Dad, come on. Now, as it turns out now, they're about the same because everything has real-time updates now that almost even the two of them out. But it's all a matter of preference. And I can tell him, here's the way I think we should go. And he can tell me, here's the way that I think we should go. And sometimes what I think we do with God is we identify the path he's calling us to. But because it might not look the way we thought or it's going to take longer than we thought, we say, well, that's not the path that I would have chosen. One of the hard lessons we sometimes have to learn in life is that we're not God. And the reason why Waze and Google Maps can tell us the quicker way is because they see the bigger picture. And guess what? You might look at the path that God has called you to, and you might say, this is not the path that I would have chosen. But God says, yeah, but I see the bigger picture. And even if we don't fully understand it, we have to choose that God's path is best for our life. And one more thing, and I'm going to give you... Another example here, and I'm going to be a little bit more serious and just kind of open my heart and be transparent with you here, okay? What if you like someone else's path better than yours? 
What if you're on your path and you're just like, God, really? I mean, this surely can't be your path. I mean, I felt like I was being obedient. You've told me to stay the course. You've told me, I, I felt all along like I was on the right path. Look how good they're doing and look how much my path sucks. Like if you look around and say, well, their path's way more prosperous than mine. Are you sure this is the right path? Remember, it's not about the path. It's about the destination. And we're going to go further into scripture here in a minute, but I, I want to give you an example of this real quick, and I'm going to be really transparent right now. Has anybody else noticed that there are like truckloads of people leaving our state? And you don't even have to notice because you probably have family members and friends and neighbors. Now, we're not going to go down a political path or anything like that. We're not going to talk about gas prices and taxes and this and that. But the reason I'm saying this is because I'm going to be really honest with you here. Ashley and I, this has hit hard for us. Because while we still have our parents here, a lot of our immediate family, if not pretty much most of our immediate family, has all moved out of state. And when we tell people this, they always ask us, when are you guys moving? And what's funny about it, I told you I was going to be transparent with you. If you had told me, we've been here at the bridge for just over seven and a half years. If you had told me seven and a half, eight years ago that the majority of our family would have packed up and moved out of state and we would still be in Southern California, I would have laughed in your face. Because at that time, we were so newly married and like we had no money, we could hardly pay our rent. I was just looking for a reason to leave. Except I couldn't find one. And then God said, it's the bridge. And here we are. And guess what? I'm so happy for our family members that have gone and moved and felt like that was the right thing to do. But in spite of all of those other things and those other paths, we find ourselves sitting here in peace saying, this is where we're supposed to be. And if we know that, everything else is okay. I might not understand all the surrounding circumstances. I might not understand how long things are going to be the way that they are and if there's ever going to be certain kinds of changes that I'm hoping for and believing for in the state of California. But guess what? Whether it happens or it doesn't, if this is the place that God has for me, it's the right place. All right. We won't stay there too much longer. So here's the question. If I recognize that there's this destination, there's this direct, there's this general direction, there's this way that God's calling me to go, but I don't yet understand the path, what do I do? Here's the cool thing about it. The entire roadmap is laid out in two verses. Verse 5 and verse 6. Verse six. There's three specific words. You ready? Here's the three words if you're taking notes. Number one, trust. Number two, lean. Number three, acknowledge. Trust, lean, Acknowledge. How do I get from here where I'm at to the place that God's calling me to go? I can't make sense of the path. There's a lot of questions. There's a lot of surrounding circumstances. There's all kinds of obstacles. There's all kinds of issues. How do I find the right path and know that I'm on it? And how do I get to the place that God is calling me to go? It's all laid out right there. Trust, lean, acknowledge. So let's take some time, the time that we have left today, and talk about these three words. Let's talk, number one, about trust. Trust. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust. This word in the Hebrew literally means to be confident, bold, and secure. Be confident, bold, and secure. Here's the funny thing about trust is that for trust, when we think of trust, most of us, we don't think about boldness. We think about being tentative. 
Well, how, how, do, how do I do that? How do I do that? How do I take that step? How, God, how do I know that you're going to meet me there? God, how do I know that this is the path you have for me? And we tend to be tentative when we think about trust because we're not sure about the next step. But instead, trust means to be bold. It's bold trust. Now, let me give you a couple things to help unpack this, okay? There's an old saying that trust is not given, trust is earned. And I have a good illustration of this, and many of you will relate to this. How many people, when you, your parents allowed you to drive their car when you got your driver's license, you were like, I'm going to go out, I'm going to stay out late, what do you mean I have a curfew? Because if your kids aren't doing that to you now, you went through it with your parents, right? And what did your parents say? Listen, trust is not given, trust is earned. Now that's true, okay, that's true. And I like to think that there is a, there's a path there's a standard that's been set of character, an establishment of character in order for a parent to just turn over the keys of their car to their child and say, yeah, go for it and come home whenever. Now, your parents give you guidelines. They say, look, here's the deal. Where are you going? Tell me how far you're going. If I were to call, if I were to drive by there, are you really going to be there? And not only that, but I need you to be home at this time. I'm giving you a curfew. I'm giving you a deadline of when to be home. I'm establishing parameters that if you can keep these parameters, you will earn and you will gain my trust, and I will then allow you to do more other than that. But what's funny about trust is that at some point, at some point, risk has to be assumed in order for trust to be established. Risk has to be assumed in order, for, in order for trust to be established. So if you go to apply for a mortgage and you don't have 20% to put down, what are they going to make you get? Mortgage insurance. If you're going to drive a car on the highway, a registered vehicle, and you have a driver's license that you are driving around, what do you have to have legally? you got to have car insurance. You have to have home insurance. My wife and I, we were talking about with life insurance the other day. We're looking at what we're paying, and I'm thinking, isn't it amazing that we pay for something we hope we never have to use? I mean, make sense of that, right? It's crazy how that works. What's interesting about this is that in order for us to find out just how faithful God is, sometimes we have to take risk. In order for trust to be established, we have to choose to take risk. And what we tend to do with risk is be tentative about it. I don't know, God, what if this doesn't work? And we start making plan B because we're worried plan A is not going to work. I don't know, God, what am I going to do? If I take, I'm not sure. I'm not too sure. What's interesting about this, when we talk about insurance, and Pastor Gary actually referred to this last week in the outset of his message, talking about, about insurance. You know, God's name is his greatest insurance policy. The name of God is the greatest insurance policy that God has. God doesn't need insurance on his promises because God is God and he keeps his promises. Hebrews chapter 6 illustrates this so well. And this is what the writer of Hebrews had to say about this. This is Hebrews 6.13. And some of you need to hold on to this for whatever difficult situation you're trying to navigate or big decision you're trying to walk through right now. It says in Hebrews 6.13, For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself. Imagine this. Abraham says, you want me to leave my homeland? You want me to go to a land that you're going to show me? Where is it? I know there's a place, there's a promised land I have for you, but I don't yet know the path. This is like Abraham saying, God, I know the Derek, but I don't know the Orak. And he says, I want you to go. I'm going to show you. Go to the land that I'm going to show you. And I imagine Abraham saying, but God, how do I know that you're going to be faithful in this promise? And God says, what? You need insurance on my promises? I am God. 
I'm the one who speaks, who speaks things into existence. I'm the one who created the heavens and the earth. I'm the one who spoke you into existence, Abraham. And you're going to ask me for insurance on my promises? I am God. And if I need insurance, I will swear by my own name because there is no name that's greater. So here's what we have to understand. The idea of finding God's path for our life that will take us to his direct destination for our life will require my trust, which the first step is going to feel risky. But guess what? When God shows himself faithful, we're able to look back over our shoulder and say, well, if God was with me in that step, I know he's going to be with me in every next step as well. I want to say one other thing real quick here before we move on to the second thing. If you are new in your faith and you're opening up the scriptures, you're looking at the Bible, and you're thinking about the promises of God, and how do I live a life that's going to be pleasing to God? How do I walk down God's path? I mean, listen, let's be honest here. Like, honoring God with my finances, the first tenth, sowing and reaping, that can feel risky at first, because our natural minds are like, what? Give God how much? How much is left after that? Honoring God in my relationships, in a dating relationship, in a marital relationship, honoring God in the workplace, being integrous when nobody's watching, Walking down that path can be really, really difficult. But here's the thing that we have to understand. And if you are at a place in your life right now where you're questioning, is God going to be faithful? Let me just ask you this. Do you trust God with your salvation? Because all of us got on this path because God said, I offer you forgiveness. Here's Jesus. He goes to the cross. He dies for my sins. His blood wipes away all of my sins. I put my faith in that. And guess what? Because of what happened at the cross, I have put all of my chips for eternity on God. And if you can trust God with eternity, then you can trust God with time. You can trust God with what happens between birth and death and everything in the middle. If you can trust God with your eternity, then we sure ought to be able to put our faith in God with everything else that happens during our life. Because guess what? Our life is about this long compared to the span of eternity. When we say yes to Jesus, we're going all in on eternity. And if we can trust him with that, we can trust him with the details of our life. God, how do I find my path? God, how do I navigate this path? The first step is trust. It might seem risky, but he's going to be there to be with you. Amen? All right, second word is lean. Lean. Now, what we see here is that this verse is not telling us to lean on something, but instead it's telling us not to lean on something else. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Lean not on your own understanding. This word lean right here, it means to support oneself, to lean, to rely, and I love this word, to rest. To support oneself, to lean, to rely, to rest. I think that what this proverb is telling us right here is that throughout the course of our life, we tend to look at the path that God has called us to, and spiritually, God has awakened our spirit to this path he has for us, but then our mind kicks in and starts telling us, well, this doesn't make sense. And my own understanding tells me, are you sure, God? I don't know about this. And here's what's so cool about this idea of leaning. We tend to lean on our five senses, right? Because this picture right here of understanding in the Hebrew, it literally, mean, literally means my own faculties or my own senses. I lean on what I think. I lean on my five senses. I tend to lean on what I can touch, taste, see, smell, and hear. And if I can lean on those things, those are tangible things, I can put my trust in them because I can see them. I can feel them. I can hear them, smell them, taste them, touch them. I can do all of those things. But sometimes when God calls me down a path, I can't see anything. And I still have to choose to lean on faith. 
that he's got me on the right path, that he's taking me to that Derek destination, that I'm on that right ORAC path that's going to get me there. Let's talk about leaning for just a moment. This picture of leaning, relying upon, or resting on is so interesting. I love that that word rest shows up here in this definition of leaning. Don't rest upon your own understanding, the way that you think things are supposed to go, the way that you think things ought to be, or the things that give you a certain sense of security. Think about this for a minute. Isn't it amazing how often we tend to rest our whole life on stuff that is here today and gone tomorrow? If you were to take an inventory of your life and ask yourself the question, how much of my life is leaning on stuff that is tangible stuff that ain't going to go with me into eternity, you might be surprised to find out that your life is resting upon a lot of stuff that can burn. Like it won't make it through the fire. And that's crazy. And what's even funnier about that is that when we lean our whole life on the things that we understand, on our senses and on our faculties, we tend to find that we are getting no rest because our life is resting on stuff that's really insecure. I was talking to a friend recently, and we were just having a casual conversation, and he said this to me. He goes, have you ever noticed that when you wake up in the middle of the night, the first thing your thoughts go to are the worst-case scenarios of your life? And I thought about it for a minute, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that is so true. Because there's times where I've woken up in the middle of the night and I'll have these thoughts come through my head of this is going to fall apart, this is going to collapse, this isn't good, this is bad, i got to make this change, i got to do this, i got to do that. Now I know that sometimes that's the enemy trying to mess with my mind. And i got to speak to that storm. But there are other times where I wake up in the middle of the night and if I have that conviction in my head, it brings me to this place of God, am I resting everything on stuff that is tangible, that is here today and gone tomorrow, or is my whole life resting on things that are eternal? I have to ask myself that question. And if my life is resting on stuff that will burn, I'm probably not getting enough rest at night because I'm resting on the wrong thing. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not. Lean not. Rest not on your own understanding, on your own senses, on your own faculties, on your own thoughts about how things ought to be. Don't lean on those things. Instead, lean on... Faith, man, it can be hard to lean on faith, right? I mean, we've all seen the illustration of the trust fall. I mean, this would be really gnarly to do it right here because this is kind of high. But if you get a couple of strong people to stand right here and you say, yeah, I, I know that they're there to catch me. I know, that I, I know, and it might be a little bit scary, but I, I can still do it because I know that they're there to catch me. But sometimes God asks us to lean on him when we can't see how he's going to catch us. And everything in our mind tells us, no, 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 this isn't a good idea. <laughs> what are you thinking? God says, don't lean on your understanding. Lean on me. I got you. But God, I can't see you. Yeah, but I promised you I got you, right? Yeah, but God, I'd feel better to lean on my bank account because at least I know how much is there. I'd feel better to lean upon my retirement fund because at least I know how much is there. I'd feel better about leaning on my stuff because at least I know how much is there. And God says, yeah, but guess what? Can't take it with you. Lean on me. Yeah, but God, no, no, no. I promised you. I got you. I'll catch you. It's okay. Lean on me. Don't lean on yourself. Don't lean on your own understanding. Lean on me, even if you can't see it. Let's go to the third word. We said trust, lean, acknowledge. Let's look at acknowledge for a minute. I was reading through this word, and I was really blown away because there are some words in the English Bible 
that just don't do justice to the original words, and this is one of them. This is one of those words that kind of gets poorly translated in our English Bible because we see the word acknowledge, and it kind of means like this. When I think of acknowledge, this is what I think of. How you doing, Rob? We don't talk. We just see you there, Rob. Good to see you. And that's that. We move on. That's acknowledge. We didn't have a conversation. We didn't go any deeper. Good to see you in church, Rob. That's what I think of when I think of acknowledge. But when you look back in the original Hebrew, this word actually means to see, to find out, and to discern. To see, to find out, and to discern. So I come looking for you because I want to see. I got a question. I want to find out what do I do in this situation. I, I need to discern between these different paths, the decisions, what's wise, what's foolish. I need to see you. I need to find out. And I need to come to a conclusion of discernment. And sometimes with God, all we do is acknowledge that he's there, but we never seek him out to find out the answers that we need. And I want to give you a couple of examples of this, and I'll give you a silly one to start with, okay? How many people like the Godfather movies? <laughs> I do too. They're my favorite. Um, there's multiple scenes in the Godfather where there's like an event, a wedding, something like that, and you have all these people who are there, and they might be a big deal in their little neighborhood, but then you have the Don, the boss, that walks in. And everybody knows who he is. And they all want to acknowledge his presence. Everybody wants him to be known that we were there. But there's a couple of different scenes in Godfather 1 and 2 where somebody wants to see the dawn at the daughter's wedding. And you walk in and they're like, I don't want to take this meeting. This is an important day. It's a big day. I don't want to do this. But somebody is there because they don't want to just acknowledge that he's there. They want to seek him out. They want to find answers. And they want to discern what the next course of action is. There was somebody that was intentional. Now, I use that really silly example to say this. God, gets, God never gets annoyed when you want to seek him out and have a meeting with him to find out his perspective on things. God will never look at you and say, I'm too big and you're too small. No, God will always say, you're here to seek me out? My gosh, if only more of my kids came and did this. You got questions? I got answers. What we tend to do so often is we look at God and we just acknowledge that he's there. And we're like, okay, God, just watch out for me today, all right? And God's like, there you go down your own path. And he says, no, stop, hold on, hold on. Talk to me, seek me out. Search me out for answers. And I'll give you discernment for the decisions that you need to make to figure out which is the path for you that's going to get you to that direct destination I'm calling you to. I was thinking about that silly example, but it kind of brought me to a more serious one because when I met my wife, I had seen her in church a few times. And you guys know how it is when you first met your wife or your husband. You're like, who's that? And we were a part of a really vibrant, you know, community of people in our church and kind of see her from a distance. But I, I'm not shy, but I'm not really the guy who feels super confident about going up and just striking up conversation with a girl that I find very, very attractive, okay? So I feel like there was a few times that went by where I was just hoping that she would acknowledge me or I would acknowledge, hey, how you doing? And that maybe through that simple, hi, she would know in her heart that we were meant to be forever, But guess what? It's not a very good strategy. Because at some point, I have to seek her out. And I have to ask to know, to see, to find out, and to discern, is there anything here? And it's a pretty cool thing when it happens and it comes together and you have that fulfillment in your heart of like, this is a good thing. There's something here. Now, again, being silly, that might be a note for somebody here. You're wondering, is this ever going to happen? Don't just acknowledge. Seek them out. Find them out. Ask, ask the questions. Discern whether or not this could be a thing. 
Don't just wait for them to be like, oh, wow, hey, who's that? No, no, no. Seek them out. Find them out. You've got to find a way. But what's interesting about it is that I think that there are all kinds of big decisions that we face in our everyday lives where God's like, man, it's like all they're doing is from across the room going, see you over there, God. God's like, i got so much more that I want to give. So much more that I want to give. And you're over there just hoping that this thing's going to work out by you going, hey. God says, no, seek me out. Search me out. Because if you'll do, I'll give you wisdom. I'll give you answers. I'll help you discern the right path, the right ORAC for your life to get you to the destination, the direct that I'm calling you to. We trust, we lean, we acknowledge. You know, in closing today, I want to just give you three things. Right now in this moment, we tend to look at the decisions of our life and sometimes they weigh really heavy on us. There's some people in this room right now, you're facing some ginormous things, big, big things, big decisions. You've got a fork in the road where you're choosing this path or that path and you're looking at that path and saying, God, this is a big deal. When I factor everything in, this is a big deal. And I want to ask you this question. When it comes to the issue of trust, what is the big issue? What is the big question that you have? Maybe there's more than one. What's the big question that you have that you're having a hard time trusting God with? I want you to think of it right now. Just identify it in your life. What is it? You don't have to say it out loud. Don't say it out loud. Just hold on to it. What's the one or two or three things in your life? God, I'm having a hard time trusting you with this right now. Think about it. Just identify it. What is it? Let me ask you the question. If you can trust God with salvation, and if you can trust God with your eternity, don't you think that God cares about that thing too? And here's the, here's the answer. Do you can trust God with it? Does it take risk? Do you have to assume risk at first to find out God's faithfulness? Yeah, but guess what? He's a good God. As pastor says all the time, his plans for you are better than yours. So why not take the step? If you can trust him with eternity, you can trust him with time. And he cares about the thing that you are worried about trusting him with. Don't be afraid to trust God. Second thing, lean. What are you leaning on right now? What are you resting upon to give yourself a sense of security in life? could be a whole lot of things. Maybe you're here right now when you think about the stuff that you're leaning on, the things that your life is resting upon. Maybe when you think about how, how temporary those things are, it brings you to a place where you can't rest at night because you recognize I'm resting on a whole lot of stuff that's here today and gone tomorrow. What is it? I want to read something to you. Old hymn of the church. I got a soft spot for these old hymns. <laughs> what a fellowship, what a joy divine, leaning on the everlasting arms. What a blessedness, what a peace is mine, leaning on the everlasting arms. Leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarms. Leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. Oh, how sweet to walk in this pilgrim way, leaning on the everlasting arms. Oh, how bright the path grows from day to day, leaning on the everlasting arms. Leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarms. Leaning, leaning, 
leaning on the everlasting arms. What have I to dread? What have I to fear? Leaning on the everlasting arms. I have blessed peace with my Lord so near, leaning on the everlasting arms. Leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarms. Leaning, leaning, leaning on the everlasting arms. Some of you knew that song growing up and you need to be reminded of it today. Some of you are here today and you hear that and you think, can I lean into you, God? I can't, I can't see where your arms are or where you're going to catch me. And God says, you're a whole lot better leaning into me than you are leaning on your own understanding. I'm going to show you the path and I'm going to get you to my destination for you. And then finally, we said that word acknowledge doesn't just mean to acknowledge. It means to seek God out, to find answers and get discernment. We're going to do that right now. I want to invite everybody, if you would, just bow your head for a moment right there where you are. I asked you earlier, can you identify that thing that you're having a hard time trusting God with? If you look at the path that's in front of you, is it difficult? Is it hard for you to take that next step? Let's seek God out for a minute. Let's ask for his wisdom. Let's ask for his discernment right now in this moment. I want to ask everybody just to take a moment to be still before God. This isn't a time for us to to speak out loud. This isn't a time for any sort of demonstrations. We're just going to take a moment and we're just going to lean into God for a second. I want to ask you just give that thing to him. Don't just acknowledge him. Seek him out and ask him for wisdom right now. Just take a moment right there where you're at, just in silence. God, we give the cares of our life to you. God, we want you to know that we trust you. Right now in this moment, as a body of believers, as a community of faith, we choose to assume some risk and step out and trust you, even if we don't understand what's going to happen next. We trust that your path is good and that your destination is better. God, in this moment, we make a decision to stop leaning and resting upon all the stuff that we can quantify with all of our senses. We choose to let go of all that. We don't put our faith in our stuff. We don't put our faith in worldly security. We put our faith in you. And even if we don't understand it, even if we can't see it, we choose to lean on you, to rest on you, trusting that you're going to be there to catch us. Father, we seek you out for your wisdom, for your understanding, for your guidance, for your direction. As we say all the time here, Father, we recognize that your plan for our life is better than ours. As Isaiah 55 says, your ways are higher, your thoughts are higher. As far as the heaven is above the earth, so are your ways and your thoughts higher than ours. And we recognize that today. We want your direction for the destination that you are calling each one of us to. Help us to be secure even in the midst of insecurity. Help us to be strong and bold and confident and rest on you. God, I pray for rest in this place for people that are restless, for people that are hurting, that are weary, that have questions. I pray that they would find rest in the middle of their lives. I pray for sleep in this place in Jesus' name, that people would sleep at night. For people that are worried about their money, worried about their kids, worried about their future, worried about a big decision, worried about their marriage, I pray that you would give them rest. And as we trust you, as we lean on you, 
And as we search you out, we'll find the answers in Jesus' name. And with heads bowed and eyes closed, just for one more moment, maybe you're here today and you've never stepped into a relationship with God. When we talk about that direction that he has for our life and the specific path he wants us to walk down, maybe you'd say, Zach, I have no idea which direction I'm going or even how to find the path. I want to tell you right now, it starts with a relationship with Jesus. Scripture tells us that God loved you and I so much that in spite of our imperfection, he sent his very best, Jesus, to come to this earth and die on a cross and give his life in exchange for our very worst, our sin. And through that sacrifice, through his shed blood, we could be wiped and washed clean of all of our sin and come into a relationship with God. The even cooler part is that three days after Jesus died, God raised him from the dead, conquering death and hell and the grave for all of eternity so that you and I would not have to face it. And if we would put our faith in what Jesus did, we could have salvation and spend eternity with him. I want to invite you to pray a prayer with me today if you've never put your faith in Jesus. We're just going to say some words right out loud. It's not the words that are important. It's the commitment in your heart. If you mean it with everything inside of you, I want to invite you along with everybody else in this room just to pray these words right out loud and step into a relationship with God. Would you say these words right after me? Say, Jesus, I thank you for dying for me. I believe you are the Son of God. And I believe that your death was full payment for my sin. And I believe that you were raised to life so that I could have new life too. So today I choose you. I put my faith in you. I want to follow you and learn your ways in this life into eternity. I make this choice from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now we're going to be done here in just a few moments, but this is a special moment because people in this room right now and people who are watching online made a decision to follow Jesus. And we want to honor that decision. That's a very, very big deal and important thing. So everybody hang tight for just a few more moments till the end of service. But if you made that decision today, I just want to tell you, if you're watching online or again, you're in the room, we want to help you. We want to help you start this journey of faith and following Jesus. There's a couple of different things that we would like to do. If you're here, stop by and see one of our prayer teams after the service. They'll be right down here on the floor areas on the side of the main floor in the auditorium. Walk up to one of the teams. Let them know you made a decision to follow Jesus. They'll give you a book called The Next Seven Days. It's a free gift from us to you to help you start your journey of faith. If you need to go quickly after the service, you can just stop by the Next Seven Days desk. It's between the glass doors. Let the, let the team there know that you made that decision and you want to get the book They'll give it to you. We don't need anything from you, but we're happy to help you start your journey of faith. We'll pray with you if you need prayer. That's also why our prayer teams are here for anybody else that needs prayer today. If you're watching online, you can just click the link right there in the place that you're watching from and get all the information. We'll be in touch with you to send you the next seven days if you made that decision. That's the best decision you could ever make in life, and we want to celebrate that today. So can we just put our hands together and welcome people into God's family today? Can we, can we say thank you to Pastor Zach for that great message this morning? That was awesome. And I, I just know, I just know God is speaking real directly and real clearly to a lot of people in the house today. He's got the plans. Just follow him, okay? Hey, before we go today, we always like to worship God with our giving. It's a part of our worship to him. The two things today, I want to say thank you so much for your faithfulness in giving. The church is moving forward. We're touching our world in a lot of different ways. But I also wanted, number two, give you an update. Uh, if you weren't here last week or you didn't watch online, you don't know about this. We've been talking about it the last few weeks a little bit. 
we've taken on a project in the nation of Kenya. To give you just real quick background, uh, three or four years ago, we built a church in Kenya. There's a family in our church from Kenya. They own different pieces of property there that they've inherited. Uh, They donated a piece of property. We built a church on that property. We've got a good pastor there building a strong church. They've got another piece of property. We've just finished building a new church there, and now we're paying for what we're doing there. And uh, I just want to say, last week, a, a, a big part of the money that we need for that project has already come in. And I told you the next uh, three Sundays, last Sunday, this Sunday, and next Sunday, we're going to be raising the money for that project. If you have something extra you want to give toward that, I promise you it'll be a blessing to a community in Kenya that needs a local church. And they've already started having services, but we need to finish up some things in the building. So I want to say thank you for your faithfulness in giving. We're making a difference around the world. God is so good. Have you enjoyed being in church today? There there are different ways that you can give. They're on the screen as you exit today. There are are giving boxes, giving stations right there on that wall as you exit. There's one out by the Children's Check-In Center. Give as you choose. Worship God with your giving. God loves a cheerful giver. Hey, have a great Sunday. We love you. God is good.